Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Daria Vodopianova on the line. Daria, how are you? Great. Thank you for having me, Michael. I am, I'm happy you're here. You know, we talked a little bit in the pre-show. Uh, you do a lot of work in the thought leadership space. So I want to share with the audience a little bit about you, and then we'll dive right into this conversation. Absolutely. So I usually say that I liberate the visionaries of this world. It, for me, it's really about seeing the geniuses, the, you know, the mind artists, the people who are coaches, consultants, experts, leaders who have this amazing knowledge, which is like a, the secret recipe. And somehow they don't manage to create a sustainable multiple six-figure business around that, or they have a successful business, but they're stuck as the micromanager of their team. And they're not really, you know, in exploring their new ideas, exploring their their knowledge. Um, so usually we help them to get the whole business structure up so they can up be and work working two or three days per week maximum with delivery. We get their team up and running with them. We get them on TEDx. We get them to be on all the beautiful stages they want to be on and, you know, write the book, wherever they want to do in order to liberate all this creative that, genius that they have inside them and really go for it and really enjoy the process of uh, becoming fully visionary in what they have to say in the one specific topic. So that's what I do. I love that work because so many entrepreneurs, when they start off, they think they need to do everything. And that's what they do. They do everything and they're not really getting anything done. They're spending so much time in the nuances of checking email or posting social media posts or all the other stuff, which really isn't getting them above and beyond what they should be doing in their work. Yes. And, and they, they get stuck, you know, they, they hit a plateau and as leaders, you know, we are our own roadblock uh, and yes. we often need to delegate and, and free ourselves up in order to really become the thought leaders that we can be when it comes to, you know, the content we create or whatever type of work that we do. Absolutely. I agree with you. I usually say that when people come to us, uh, it's about making it easy. And easy stands for elegant, aligned, sustainable, and yummy. So it has to be a bit of fun. You know, it has to be a bit, you know, are you enjoying, are you alive? Because there's a vitality that comes with being a thought leader. It's not just you showing up. It's are you showing up uh, with energy because people want to be around you because you have this, this state. You do come with the knowledge, but you also come with the state. And also having an elegant business. It's not about, you know, having the online courses and and the PDFs for $9. It's about having a high-quality premium experience where people come into your world and they feel, wow, I get to learn from you. I get to learn with you. I get to be in your world and be close to you and go through this process and become better and part of my life, either my business, in my relationship, in my health, wherever that you are so good at. So it's about, you know, stripping away all the noise. We, we have this idea that somehow we need to, uh, you know, create this low to high ticket model where people get stuck in online courses, social media, Facebook ads, all that. And most visionary leaders, they actually don't really like that. They feel very um, 
uninspired sitting in front of their computer and creating landing pages. So what we do is that we turn it around, we go to high to low. So we create the best offer, like their genius offer, and we go down and we strip away all the noise so they can make it easy. And then then they have time to think, then they have time to be visionary, then they have time to develop their teams, they have time to work with their clients at the higher level. But it's all about rethinking the model because it's not the same having a business and having an expert business. So I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, and so many business launches fumble around with all of that stuff. And often they end up designing something that's targeting the wrong audience. Uh, they think Absolutely. they know who their ideal customer will be. But mm. when they design something without actually talking with clients and potential clients, you know, they're missing out on a lot of things. And because they're working so much and they got their nose in the business, they're not looking around to actually see, okay, what industry or what sort or what part of the population could be benefited by what I offer. And if they're too busy working in their business, they're not going to see that. They're going to miss it. So the again, that opportunity of, you know, start off at the top. It's like what, you know, what do you want your organization to do? And then you have people in, in groups like yours that helps really narrow it down and cut out all that noise. And there's yeah. no shortage of noise. There's a lot of shiny objects. People go, oh, I, I have a colleague that did this. And they said, they launched this and you know, do that you know, 999 lead magnet to do this and this and this. And like, if that works for what you offer, great. But for some organizations, you're not going to get anything from that because your, your target audience isn't interested in a free PDF. They want results based on whatever product or service you offer. So you need to, you know, I don't want to say take shortcuts, but make the steps for your customer to be able to acquire your services or your products as easily as possible. Because if there's too many steps, our attention span keeps getting shorter and shorter. And we, you know, we'll, we'll move on and go, you know what? I don't want to have to fill out all this information. And then we move on from it and we do something else. Yeah. And the, the thing is that, why are we doing it? I think the question, which is very interesting, why is it that we end up doing all this extra work? And I do believe that we focus a bit too much on having the strategies. So a lot of people, you know, when they come to me and they talk about, I want to become a thought leader, I want to be the visionary in my business, then you have to start being that from day one, meaning that you cannot come to me and ask me to create a framework and just being over coaching, jumping from one coach to another and getting advice on what you should do with your business. You have to listen to what feels right. You can get advice, but in the end, if you want to be a visionary and I, I talk about, you know, there's coach level, expert level, visionary level is you being the game changer in your industry, you being someone who's actually standing out and is different, you unique, you know, Elon Musk, is unique. It's not the same as someone else. It's about understanding Oprah. All these people that you admire, they went out and they created something unique and different and they allowed it to listen to themselves and say, well, all these people are telling me that, but I don't feel like my gut is telling me that and I don't feel right about this. Let me find a better solution for myself. And I might maybe listen to myself and getting advice and mentored. Of course, that's important. That's why we have our academy. But in the end, if you want to become a thought leader, you have to start to listen to what feels right. And that is with the audience as well. Also asking yourself, am I working with beginner level because I 
I feel imposter working with next level. Am I feeling that I will have to step up? What will happen if I will work with leaders that are more advanced? It's a whole question of not putting all the parts on the strategy, but also actually integrating the question of self-reflection. It's so important to understand why am I avoiding doing the things that are actually going to be the game changers of my business? And why do I keep coming back to this $9 PDF and all these funnels where I know that that's not where my genius is. So yeah, I think it's it's important to release that space and start thinking a bit more for ourselves. And, and that the key thing is, if you want to be a thought leader, and a thought leader business is a lot different, as you said before, than just a yes. regular business. There's no shortage. You can go online and do a search for you know, free PDFs on whatever subject matter there is. You're going to find them. That's not going to be a problem. Yeah. The key is, you know, what is different about you in your business to be able to, you know, shine and, and stand out. You know, yes. Elon Musk, for example, he's not the only guy running a company that makes electric cars. There are other ones out there. He's not yeah. the only man that leads or individual that leads a company that's launching things into space. There are other people that are doing that, but he stands out and because of his bombasticness his you know his tweets you know the, the joe rogan interviews all the things he's done even saturday night live recently you know it's like not everybody's going on saturday night live to host i mean that that's somebody that kind of stands out you know he is in a lot of ways a brand in himself you know and and that's and and as is oprah as is other big influencers that we see in the business space, you know, the individual is the brand and we'll, we'll pick on Apple for a moment. Okay. We all know about Steve jobs. We know what he did. And when he passed away, a lot of people thought Apple is done. Well, Apple wasn't a trillion dollar company under Steve jobs. They are now. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where, yes, the, the individual was the brand, but also the brand itself that he was leading was able to grow above and beyond things. So that, you know, that's something you know, to think about, too. And um, in a lot of entrepreneurs, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, when they're working towards being a thought leader, it's like, what is, what's the end goal or what is your exit strategy with your business? Do you want to you know, continue running the business until you retire? Do you want to grow it to a certain level and then sell it to do something else or use those proceeds to do something else? I'd love to hear your thoughts on and, and how people should approach that as well. Yes. So here's the thing. If you come into this space because you've heard the buzzword thought leader and you want to have the TEDx next to your title and it feels good to have the best seller from Amazon, then that's kind of superficial. And when, when you meet someone who's a true thought leader, it's almost like their mission is beyond themselves. It's a legacy. It's, it's something so big. And usually it comes back to their own stories. It has to do with maybe their upbringing or their, their stories in life, their business life. They have gone through something that has created a massive learning and they came out of that stronger than ever before. And they created this, you know, they went back and looked, what did I do? How did I do it? They created a framework and now they're teaching that. That's most of the time, it's really related to our own stories. Now, if you make it about, this is something that can really help others because I 
see that this is not something in the industry, it becomes a legacy, it becomes a vision. And this is something that you can give to your team. You can, you can pass on to other people. And when you have something like that, it becomes self-sustainable because it's so much bigger than yourself. And that can be, for instance, let's say if you, at the moment, uh, with the, as we're recording this, there's, a, I believe, a huge mental health issue with COVID because a lot of isolation is happening in the world. And I believe there are going to be people coming out from this stronger and say, I managed to find a way to connect people on a deeper where we are not just on social media, we are actually connected. I managed to work with, you know, how do we deal with burnout? How do we deal with the mental health? How do we deal with coming together after something that we have just gone through, which is quite big. You know, if you think about it, something once in a lifetime, I hope <laughs> touch, touch wood that we don't have to experience it again. But yeah, it's something that's quite traumatic for many people if you've been in isolation for 18 months alone. So I believe that if you can find, you know, I'm talking just an example, just talking about, as we talk with you, a recipe for how did you become stronger? How do you manage to reconnect with people? How do you create the spaces? Like if you come out with innovation, which I think there's some people going to come out with innovation from this very, you know, un uncertain moment, that innovation can change the state of mental health that can stay, change the state of burn, uh, burnout that can really call, you know, help with depression. That we are one of those big, you know, issues in our lifetime. Um, that's the kind of things that happens. And when you speak from that place, when I overcame this or that, and I'm stronger and I learned this and I want to share that. And it's my mission in life. It's my life mission. This is bigger than me. And I'm just a messenger for this message then people can just feel it. And that's when you get invited and then when people want to collaborate with you, they want to be part of your business, they want to work for you. You know, it becomes so big that people just feel called and attracted to your mission by that. But it's a difference when if it's from the ego or if it's from that point where you're like, there's nothing else in the world I can do because it's so much, this is so important for me that I just have to do this. Yeah, it's so critical. And, you know, the work that I do in the burnout prevention space is I'd much rather be doing something else. I'm not saying that I don't love what I do. I'm very thankful for it. And, you know, my own burnout experience and story led me to this work. It wasn't, a, yes. I, I didn't map it out, say, okay, this is what I want to do at this point in my career. No, it, it, it came of experience and observation of needs that I see around the globe. And I thought I have to do something about this. And it's not from an ego yeah. standpoint to go, oh, look at me. I'm a thought leader, Thinkers 360 book sales, all that stuff. Those are all nice. I'm not diminishing them. I'm very thankful yeah. that external, yes. external people, people buying book, hiring me to speak, all the things that I get to do. I'm very, yes. very thankful for those, but it's not to stroke my ego. It's to, I, yeah. I use that as a platform to get a message out to people with the hopes that they will do something to make their life better. Because exactly. if, they, if they make their life better, then that means everyone around them gets a better version of them. Also, the work that they do improves, which means the quality of the products or services that they make are better, which is a society we all benefit from that. And happier, healthier families means people are happier and healthier, which means they're not using the healthcare system as much, which means 
there's less strain on that system. So people in healthcare are better because they're not working too many hours. Right. It, it, it's such a positive ripple effect just by having, you know, one individual, you know, free themselves from burnout and live a better life. And approaching that and, and doing that and get, telling people and reminding them to take permission for themselves and take better care of themselves. When you do that, that's where I get the affirmation. That's what I, I feed off of. It's not an ego thing. It's more of a, I'm, I love hearing stories of people making adjustments in their life and living a happier, healthier life for themselves because like, okay, good. You know, my, my story you know, resonated with them to the point where they decided they needed to make some changes or adjustments. They have, their life is better. I mean, what more can you ask? I mean, it's it's just amazing. Exactly. It's so, so, and that's, it's like so fulfilling feeling that if I, even if you change the life of one person, you know, if, even if it's one person that you supported and I had, you no, know, I spoke in the podcast, actually I had the podcast guest on my show and he was telling me that someone listening to his podcast who were thinking of committing suicide stopped himself and sent him a message saying, you know what? You cha- you saved my life by listening to that podcast. For him, that wasn't he was just sharing a story, but for him, for that moment in time and space, allowed that person to rethink and thankfully be with us still in in this world today. And that for me is that's why thought leadership for me is it's not what you do. It's really how you do it. So it, I, I am grateful for you know the TEDx I've done and the books I've done and the stages I speak on and the people I get to serve every day. I, but it's not about that. From what's really important is that I am able to spend all my time just focusing on, on creating more impact. And for that, I need to have a system in place where my, my structure in my business is liberating me so I can focus two, three days per week on delivering the rest of the time, you know, improving my system, improving my frameworks, improving my methods, creating more content so people who cannot afford my service can still listen to my podcast or YouTube show or anything else where I can still, you know, get a benefit from that. Um, my team has the support that they need and I don't have to stress them and I can, we know they can work in the good conditions and I can include them in the legacy that we are creating together and my authority, my, you know, I can work on myself as a vehicle for change. I can improve my public speaking skills. I can improve uh, my network. So it's about that. If you have something like you were saying, it's, it's such an important mission that if you are stuck in the coaching and where structure where or expert structure where you don't liberate yourself to be able to show up at your highest level without getting, you know, sacrificing your health, without sacrificing um, your family or your, your relationship, because that's very, very important as well. The balance that you are, you know, you can be committed, but you need the balance as well. So if you create a system that liberates your space for you to be the mind artist that you are, you have come up with something. Now let's focus that you have the best conditions like an athlete will have. An athlete will not sit and do their own taxes. They will not, they will have someone coming to them, taking care of, giving them massage, taking care of them, making sure that they're, you know, in the best shape, making sure that they're having the rest. Why would we not do that with people who are the genius and the innovators of this world, who can really change and create a ripple effect? 
It's a great analogy, and there's so many different angles it can take, but even the athlete component or a race car driver, uh, they're driving. They have a team of people that are taking care of the car, looking out for certain things, yes. you know, doing the right combination of um, tires, wheels, you know, making adjustments on the car and all that stuff. And they win races. Why? Because they had a team working together. And that team that, you know, let's say it's putting the wheels on or putting the fuel in the car. If they were driving that car, they probably wouldn't win the race. They probably would crash. But the driver is amazingly talented and gifted and a thought leader in driving that car. So putting yes. yourself in the position where you are working on the things that only you can do to grow your influence, your thought leadership, uh, your impact on humanity, you spend time in that lane. I tell you, you think time flies? Before, when you were in that zone, weeks, months, and years just zoom by and you go, what in the world is happening? Why is all this moving so fast? Because you're so in the moment and enjoying and really loving life. So yes. yeah, if you're a thought leader or you aspire to be a thought leader in something that you were definitely gifted in, you get into that zone as quickly as you can. It'll make such a big difference. So before we wrap up, um, what are some common things that you know people come to you with uh, that you, you and we already talked about a little bit, but what are some common things you see with people that kind of hold them back? Um, and I know we've talked about a little bit, but if there's one particular thing that you see time and time again that tends to limit people in their growth, I'd love to hear what that is. I'll really separate it in three parts. The first one is the expert business. They don't have a business structure that supports them to work in the genius. They don't have, you know, I really like to narrow it down to two or three days per day per week so they can focus all the rest of their time on having the space to develop themselves and also having the space to work with their team and, and doing other things and actually have some, some buffer time. So that would be the first thing that is very common that they have a low to high model instead of having, having high to high to low model. So they would not, they spend too much time in the noise, let's say. The second thing would be that they have, um, when it comes to their speaking, they don't, link uh, their programs to the book, to the to the podcast, to like there's not an alignment in their brand and there's not a cohe co coherence in their brand that makes it feels like we are coming to their island. I like really like to see it as an island. Pe people can come and visit. They can come for the day. They can come and stay overnight. They can st come and live there. And it's just like the commitment people will have with you. But the island is the same. But if you are having like 50 different islands and I don't even understand how your podcast is related to your book, how it's related to your program. And, and it just feels very confusing. I will have a hard time to really entering your world. So that would be like the communication, the authority building is a very important part. And the third part is the visionary state. So a visionary, a thought leader doesn't work in this space, in time and space in the same way a manager would do or a CEO would do. It's not the 40 hours work week. It's not the same. So you have to understand how do you function in the best way so you can tap into your genius? And that requires a reflection of, you know, your time management, your energy management, your personality type, and understanding how can you build, how can you better understand yourself, literally, when you show up in your business, that you make sure that you are at your highest peak level all the time when you are showing up with others and for yourself. So those will be the three. And, and you have to see where, for the ones listening and are watching, 
you have to see where are you feeling that you have the biggest, you know, opportunity for growth because all of them, the three are important, but sometimes we just have to start with one and get that one sorted before we move over to the next one. I love that. And uh, I love the, you know, the island analogy. It's like, yeah, let's, let's find that one special island and, um, you know, we'll go find it and, and be able to do some amazing things there. And also too, I love how you just said, you know, the, the three things, it's like focus on getting one done. Too often we try to multitask and we're, we're not moving anything forward. We get one aspect done. The lessons learned from what we did on there can make the, you know, step two and step three and any future steps more efficient because we're like, okay, I learned some you know, mistakes along the way. Okay, let me correct those. And then you get more streamlined and more focused on the other things. And you'll you'll accomplish a lot more in a lot less time. So, Daria, I've loved this conversation with you. I could talk with you for hours about this and all kinds of other stuff. So where can people find out more about you and this amazing work that you're doing? Well, they can look up our academy called thoughtleadershipacademy.com or go to, to my personal website, dariavi.com. They will find all the information there. And yeah, thank you for having me, Michael. I really enjoyed this conversation as well. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. And thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Me too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.